When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Hello everyone, it is a Monday after an interesting weekend and what I'm promoting straight away is I want you, yes, you listening to us, wherever you may be, on SEN 657, on SEN Spirit 621 through Bunbury in the southwest, in the goldfields at SEN 1611. I know we're getting a growing audience through the goldfields. I love their footy there. Digital Radio SEN Peel or on the SENWA app. You need to get involved with us now. I've just flicked everything open. The temper of bedshed text line 0487 736 736 and also the Scarborough Toyota open line 13 12 55. Interesting developments. Round 11 done and dusted. Uh, more of the same from the West Coast. A surprise to many, you must confess, by the Fremantle Dockers. And we've got the wash-up. And Kim Hagdorn, who joins us on a Monday and Thursday, will have some breaking news a bit later on as well. Haggers, uh, good evening to you. Yes, g'day, Peter. Hello, everyone. I hope uh, there is, as you've just uh, appealed to them all, plenty of willing participants to get involved because uh, it'll be a little bit of an I told you so. Didn't, didn't we say last Monday yeah. we sensed that Melbourne were a cherry ripe to be got? I mean, I wasn't sure it was going to happen uh, at the MCG, but on the back of... Easy wins over West Coast and an easy win over North Melbourne. A lot of complacency that we touched on and we highlighted. I reckon there was about 10 things last Monday. So Fremantle now, though, what they've done is they have just blown the premiership race for 2022, Peter, wide open. I really feel as though now the whole competition, Fremantle have shown, I've got a temporary comment coming shortly, but Fremantle have shown what you can do to Melbourne I think if you're going to get Melbourne, though, you're very much going to be have to be at your best yeah. on that particular day. And is it going to happen in September or not? Not sure. Come back to that. Fremantle showed what Fremantle can do at their best. And the previous week, Hawthorne showed what you can do to Brisbane if you get on your best and you're at your best and you catch them out and you outcoach and outplay them on the day. Now, Fremantle did that to Melbourne. So in successive weeks, we saw the likes of Brisbane and Melbourne. And only say, two and a half weeks ago, two weeks ago, Peter, we all would have thought, oh, well, there's two teams. The rest are chasing third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh. It's now very open because I think as deep even as Port Adelaide, who won yesterday, they go to the bye now. So Port Adelaide at five and six, Collingwood at six and five coming up the ladder, Richmond at six and five, Western Bulldogs six and five. Any one of those four would be quite worthy finals participants as we look at things now. I know it's 11 rounds to go for everybody, but there's such a race on. It's wide open because any one of the likes of Geelong at their best, Sydney at their best, Richmond at their best, and we saw a bit of each of those mm. on Friday night, didn't we? Richmond's yeah. first half, Sydney's second half. On the day, everything go your way. I think the competition has shown that Melbourne, the reigning chance champs, might be fallible. They are gettable. 
Yeah. But you have to take your best. And, and, and it has to work well on the day, and you have to have some of them down. And you notice that, and we mentioned it even last week, and even after the West Coast Eagles game with the likes of Petrarca and Carr, they were getting a bit leery mm. with a lot of mm. their football. So maybe it's a reality check that they needed to have. And as we know, this is Simon Goodwin, the Melbourne Premiership coach, what he said after the loss. Um, no, not really. It's, it's AFL footy. It's a tough competition and we played a very good side and they played very well, um, especially in that second half and um, the other areas of our game that went up to scratch today and they got exposed. And as I said, when you play a good footy team, um, you need to be at your best for longer and, and we weren't that today. So full credit to them. I thought they were outstanding on the day and, and got the deserved win. And I thought at quarter time, we're probably lucky in reflection of the scoreboard. Um, I thought our second quarter was clearly our best quarter and they got complete dominance in the second half. He won't lose any sleep over the loss, but what he may lose sleep is the ability they need to bounce back uh, this week. They've got Sydney, which won't be an easy task, but they've been stung, Melbourne, Kim, and Mm -hmm. the the fact that Simon Good even alerted his team and the people that have followed Melbourne that Fremantle was always going to be a danger game and they highlighted this, not this week, but a few weeks ago. Yeah, and and as we've touched on there, I think clearly a good coach and a good uh, coaching organisation, a good football operations, a good football management at any club, the better ones will have identified. We're getting a bit cherry ripe, boys. And even when you look back at what the day that Fremantle had on Saturday, perhaps started the previous Sunday evening, when Justin Longmuir pointed out, we've been ahead of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And my understanding is that that didn't go down well at all with the player group. I didn't mention this on Thursday, Pete. We didn't get to it. There was so much else going on. My understanding was that Justin Longmuir was spoken to by Simon Garlick last Monday after some senior players had gone to Simon Garlick and Peter Bell. Peter Bell left it to Simon Garlick, the chief mm-hmm. executive, because they were they were taken aback. They thought, well, you can't throw us, the players, under the bus. You know, the whole club maybe has been a bit ahead of themselves. So there was a concern amongst some senior players who took it to management that the coach spoke publicly about us before he'd even spoken to or told us that was his views. Now, from that moment on, there seemed to be a real steeliness around Coburn on the on, on heading to Melbourne for the trip. Win or lose, they were going to take on Melbourne. And on the day, so much went right. And it's worth quickly skimming through some of those, Pete, and, and as we go on through the next hour and even into Thursday evening, prior to the, uh, the game of the round and one of the games of the season now is Fremantle and Brisbane here in Perth. But they tried something radical, something different with the Griffin Logue move forward. Rory Lobb. Mm. They've stuck confident with him. He was one of the best few players in the game, and he played well forward, and he kicked things off early. You thought, oh, they're on. If if Roy Lobb is going to play a reasonable game, Fremantle can challenge uh, Melbourne today. Sean Darcy beat the best ruckman in the competition for he, the last four or five huge. years. He's huge, Sean Darcy. He is the most important player in their team. The most important. Like, we, we might have another view on who's the most important and how far away he is shortly too, Peter. What, Nat Fife we're tease. talking about? I've got some pretty strong news on Nathan Fife. Okay. No, Sean Darcy Alex for Alex Pierce and Brennan Cox smashed Ben Brown. Mm. They... They prevented Melbourne marking at the 27-minute mark of the second term. Now, this is when Fremantle are out of the game. Melbourne have had 27 inside 50s and only two marks. So that's a credit to the entire Fremantle defence and pressure up the field. 
They recovered from first half shoddy ball use. I thought to half time Fremantle's passing of the ball from midfield in towards, say, the 50 metre arc and into their forward line was really shoddy. They recovered from that by, by readdressing things at half time. And then that swarming pack pressure on the Melbourne ball handlers forced them into a lot of error and spills and free kicks and ball spilling. And it, it triggered that, that fast and daring football from Fremantle, which is their best. So as I say, they had to be at their best to win this game or even be competitive in this game. And then the move of Aish, James Aish, on to Clayton Oliver just turned the game. Exactly. And that's what I'd like to come in, is that you judge by the decisions certain coaches make and also you look at individuals that have been somewhere before mm. and what they're bringing to this club. James Aish has been a journeyman. He's now landed at Fremantle and, as you pointed out, was given a role at the weekend and delivered it to perfection. Mm. Then you've got players like Jordan Clark, who was on the outer at Geelong. He's come here and he's become a very consistent, important player for Frio. And the other one's Will Brody, who yeah, was discarded he's... at the Suns and has had a magical season. So all of a sudden, they've bought in, Kim. They've I, bought I, in. I debated uh, to try and come up with my best, you know, my 3-2-1 on the ground in that game. I found it difficult to be convinced because there were so many Fremantle candidates did you put Clayton Oliver in for a vote for his first half, 24 possessions? He finished with 36. But Aish closed him down. I mean, he's had those 12 possessions in the second half. But by Aish making life so difficult for Clayton Oliver, Fremantle got 17 clearances in that third quarter to Melbourne, seven. And the game turned around. And even with that, they weren't necessarily winning the first possession. They were forcing an error from Melbourne and then winning the clearance away. And the crumbing and field goals that came from their small forwards is something that I think other sides will now look at and think, God, we've got to clamp down on Frederick. We've got to clamp down on Schultz. Walters is improving. You know, their small forwards, even a Collier is dangerous. Mm. But does Collier hold his place when one or two other players become available? And we'll, we'll mention that in just a moment. But I thought they, it, it, the bold statement was the 10 unanswered goals from Fremantle from the 13-minute mark in the third to finish the match and they finished with 13 of the last 14 goals in the game. Now, that, that is an obliteration of an unbeaten group for the last 17 games, including you know, a, me- a memorable historic premiership. They got a lot of things right on Saturday. Freeman. And don't forget, Pete, they were five goals down mm. at the 24-minute mark of the second term. Yeah, and the other thing was Griffin Logue's role. He was... Uh... He certainly was in uh, uncharted territory on the weekend. Now, he wasn't the best player on the ground, but he contributed, Griffin Logue. Well, and, and he becomes very important to this game against Brisbane because if Tabiner doesn't come up, and you'd have to suspect with uh, Matt Tabiner's history record, he's mm. not going to come back after a back injury nah. you know, and a little bit of back, hamstring-related soreness within eight days to play against. And it's a mini-final, another mini-final for Freeman. Lock this one away, and, and they are genuine. They're, they're a top-two potential finish if they get Brisbane. It's going to be tough, though. It's a very good Brisbane team yeah. when they play at their And best. they'll enjoy uh, playing here at Optus Stadium. Before we go to the break, in fact, let's have a listen to Justin Longmuir for those people that haven't caught it on how they won that match at the MCG on Saturday. Yeah, Curry did a great job. Josh Carr, he um, yeah, got our mid set up the right way. Um, he wanted to give Aishi a job on um, Oliver because uh, you know he'd had he'd had 15 possessions five minutes into the into the um, second quarter. So yeah, he was doing damage. Um, it was more at just our transition, um, and it's amazing against a, a team as good as Melbourne. If your offense is is not right, 
it's hard to stop the team defensively. So third quarter, we got deeper entries. We started connecting a little bit more and we were able to squeeze up and play the game in our front half, um, probably like we were in the first quarter. But more importantly, we were able to score. Yeah, so Josh so, Carr wanted to give H that responsibility. Justin well, took it on board and it de- delivered. It's also credit to Justin Longmuir to actually reveal that. Yeah. Most coaches would have said, oh, yeah, we got it together. We did this, we did that. Or if they've had a bad day, they'd take the blame themselves. Mm. Um, not often a coach actually says, look, it, that, that was actually someone else's Well, it's move. a good thing, bud, isn't it? Absolutely. How, well, would Josh, Josh, how would Josh Carr be feeling about it? Thanks, sir, Justin. I really appreciate it, and I'll keep working for you. Well, he's done it publicly. You, you, he'd do it behind closed doors. If, if it was, say, a Josh Carr who yeah. made a call of, of, let's put James Aish on to Clayton Oliver. I actually, I'm surprised there, as Justin Longmuir has said post-match, that that move didn't take place a lot earlier because I've got, Three minutes into the second term, <laughs> Justin, not five, he had his 19th possession. And I've got a question mark here in big red ink, Peter. Where's his opponent? Question mm. mark, opponent. And then I've also got tag. Do they put a tag on him? Well, they waited till half time. But they waited till half time because you sort of felt they were convinced we're still in this if we don't get, let him go. And here's another one that I haven't highlighted uh, through my, my previous 10 points about what Freeman got right on the day, Peter. And I don't think enough was made of it. When they were 30 points down, Fremantle flooded the defence. They had 16 or 17 or 18 players backward of centre and most of them in the defensive uh, 50 metre uh, arc, 50 metre zone. They flooded back and that's when I also thought Fremantle are, are, are hanging in here and that was a very good defensive mode. Stop the bleeding until we get to half time and regroup at half time. There, there was something very special in what they did on Saturday. You wonder though, can they do that again? It's Brisbane this week. In the other big games of the season, in round 17, I think it is, when they've got Melbourne again, Mm -hmm. and then, of course, during September. But if they do finish top four and get one of those home finals, a home final, then they're likely to perhaps do that. Whether that's a home qualifier, which would then put you into a prelim, that would be at home again. There's a lot of ifs and buts. But this competition has been blown wide open with what we've seen Fremantle do to Melbourne and also what other sides have challenged at the likes of the other contenders, the likes of Geelong, the likes of Brisbane. None of them are absolute guarantees, even though they're damn good sides, unless they play their best. If you want to beat them, you take your best to them, hold it all day, and you, and it's very open. The competition now more open than it has been for a long time. Okay, yeah, we're going to take a break. Uh, we'll, we'll sit on that Nat Fife news. Kim's got the latest on where Nat Fife sits regarding uh, the big game. In uh, at Optus Stadium against Brisbane on Sunday afternoon, three twenty gets underway. And after the break, yes, we're going to dissect and we're going to open the old wound. It's been open the last four or five weeks. We'll talk about the West Coast Eagles. That's coming up next here on Drive with Peter Vlahos. It's AFL Night with Kim Hagdon. All thanks to Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre.